Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Lotus Eaters podcast. My name is Jordan Beavis, the host of today's solo cast. Today, we have a very special topic, that being self-driving cars. Are they the future of driving or something that will be left in the dust? Would you trust your life in the hands of an AI? The main thing it boils down to is how ethically these machines are designed. If the car was driving and someone walked out in front of it, should the car A, swerve out of the way, putting the driver at risk, or B, hit the pedestrian, protecting the driver, but fatally injuring the pedestrian? These are the ethical challenges scientists are having to solve for self-driving cars. Of self-driving cars started in the early 1950s, even becoming a part of pop culture in the form of the 1982 drama crime series Knight Rider. Most of your cars probably even have some self-driving capabilities, such as cruise control, lane assist, and even some self-parking capability. Now, there are six levels to self-driving. Level zero being the human does all the driving. Level one, the car can sometimes assist the driving with either steering, braking, or accelerating, but not both simultaneously. This being cruise control. Level two, the car can control both steering, braking, and accelerating simultaneously under some circumstances, but the human must continue to pay full attention. Level three, the car can perform all aspects of the driving task under some circumstances, and those circumstances, the driver must be ready to take back control at any time. Now, level four and level five are kind of where we're at right now. Level four, the car can do most self-driving capabilities, but it does need the human to step in if the car messes up. And that's kind of the base model of what Tesla is selling for their self-driving cars in today's day and age. Now, level five, of course, is full self-driving capability, which we're hoping to see sometime in the next five years. There's also quite a few companies researching self-driving, a couple of those being Tesla, Waymo, Apple, Ford, Audi, Hawaii, and Google. Google actually being my favorite off of this list, with having logged more than 500,000 miles of autonomous driving, also having a goal towards zero deaths. With any new technology, there's bound to be some problems. The number one problem being for self-driving cars is the moral decisions that the AI has to make. This entirely created a whole new field known as machine ethics or machine morality. Machine morality deals with questions about what moral capacity autonomous machines should have and how it could be implemented. Now, referring back to the scenario I gave at the beginning of this episode about scenario A, the car swerves out of the way, putting the driver at risk, or B, they hit the pedestrian, protecting the driver, but fatally injuring the pedestrian. Obviously, the correct answer or moral answer could be that the car just swerves out of the way, protecting the pedestrian, because the driver, of course, is surrounded in a metal cage, and the pedestrian doesn't get that. But there's also no way for a computer or an AI to fully understand the aspect of the scenario in such an early in such its early stages 
I think it'll take years of testing before we can fully train AI to, you know, understand this and choose a right path. There's also talk that of companies adding an ethics setting to their cars. So what does it do in an unavoidable accident? Let's say A and B, it's either or, there is no in-between where anybody gets out. Should the driver get to choose what the car does in the scenario? Or should there be some standard that all self-driving cars should adhere to with ethics? This also brings up something that's also pretty scary about this new concept of self-driving cars. How should the government regulate accidents that happen with self-driving cars? Because there might be some instances where the car is wrong and can cause an accident. But with such new technology, we have no, we have no laws in place governing what happens or how we should treat accidents that happen with these cars. It wasn't until 2016 until we started to see accidents with self-driving cars. One of Google's self-driving cars crashed into a bus in Mountain View, California. Google assumed partial responsibility and promised to update the software of their cars. In May, something more tragic occurred. The first person was killed in a self-driving car. A man had been driving his Tesla Model S on autopilot mode and crashed into a truck that the car sensors had not detected. In March 2018, the first pedestrian was killed by a self-driving car. It was an opera, a vehicle operated by Uber who hit and killed a woman in Tempe, Arizona. All of these accidents have recently caused a huge turning point in developers and scientists working on self-driving cars, causing them to realize that, hey, these scenarios that we have talked about and that I've talked about at the beginning of this episode, that they're no longer just scenarios, they're real-world problems. People's lives are actually at risk. Another problem with self-driving cars is that most people don't know how to actually perceive or even accept self-driving cars. Driving being the primarily primary mode of transportation in the United States with 20, 222 million licensed drivers and 85.6% commuting by car. Self-driving cars really haven't even entered the consumer markets yet, so most people haven't even seen an actual self-driving car in person. So we have the problem out of, out of the way with self-driving cars. Let's talk about the good things about self-driving cars. In the United States alone, over 37,000 people died in car crashes in 2016. Car crashes even being the leading cause of death among people 15 to 29 years old. If we can tweak self-driving and make it perfect, we can actually remove human error from driving, which is one of the greatest potential benefits of self-driving, as human error is causes 94% of all traffic accidents, according to the National Highway Safety Administration. Self-driving cars can actually also decrease congestion in a lot of our interstates and highways without you know, traffic accidents clogging up and causing traffic jams. Cars can move more smoothly and efficiently. 
Self-driving cars also benefit the elderly community. Some may have physical or cog cognitive declines associated with their age, which can lead to driving abilities and limitations in mobility. They don't have to worry as much about negative outcomes associated with these restrictions. You also never have to worry about a self-driving car getting drunk and driving on the wrong side of the road if, you know, they we fix it and we get it working properly. You wouldn't have to worry about something like that. And self-driving technology isn't actually going to be that hard to implement. A lot of the technology is already in use in most of our cars today. Most, like, Teslas and stuff even have, like, abilities to, like, if you're getting too close or they detect a car is slamming on its brakes, it'll alert you to slam on the brakes, and if you don't, it will automatically brake for you. Most modern cars can even park themselves from just a click of a button. Waymo's self-driving car is currently equipped with high-resolution cameras and LiDAR, which is a light detection and ranging. Um, it's often used to, you know, to estimate the distance to another object by bouncing light and sound off things. Um, and it's helped their car identify other cars, cyclists, pedestrians, and obstacles, uh, whether they're moving or not. One thing Google wants to do is encourage people to sh do car sharing, which basically means, you know, they have a set car and you basically just pull out an app and you order it and it drives you from place to place, almost like a, like a, an automated Uber. And their hopes is that less people will actually buy cars and you won't there'll be less cars, you know, on the streets causing less pollution. And with fewer cars around, a lot of the parking lots um, can be repurposed and built into buildings or parks um, or other things such as that. A NHTSA study showed motor vehicle crashes in 2010 cost $242 billion in economic activity including $57.6 billion in lost workplace productivity and $594 billion due to loss of life and decreased quality of life due to injuries. Self-driving cars can eliminate this cost entirely. Now, there's a lot of pros and cons with self-driving cars. I personally love the fact that self-driving cars are something that I can see probably in my lifetime. Now... All the information I've given isn't to scare or really bring you to really like self-driving cars. I, it's just really to aware, raise awareness of the risk that self-driving cars can impose on us. And I also want to let you guys know the possibilities that we can achieve with self-driving cars. Of course, there's a lot of you know risks between the morality and ethics behind how these cars are designed. There's even cybersecurity problems. I mean, last year alone, we had somebody who hacked into the government and uh, shut down gas, for gas stations and the gas pipeline for half the United States. Um, that's something that could happen with self-driving cars. Um, we're not, they're so early we're so early into this process of designing them that we really don't know what all the problems that we're going to have with these self-driving cars is until later on down the road. Self-driving cars are also 
you know, they're going to be expected to be a lot safer than regular people driving. I mean, the cars won't get drunk or high. They won't drive too fast or take unnecessary risks. These are things that regular people do all the time while driving. And you won't have to worry about that with a self-driving car. It's going to take a while for people to even get used to the idea of self-driving cars because most people really don't like change. But we can't rush the process of getting self-driving cars out into the markets. I mean, if I were to design a self-driving car, I would stick, you know, to a city, uh, test out conditions, because there's a lot of conditions that these you can't really test for in a closed environment. A lot of conditions that these cars are going to have to learn, and we're going to have to teach the cars how to probably, properly work certain situations they're going to have to learn in the field and so i think the best way to implement self-driving cars is to choose you know a couple major cities have self-driving cars only work in those cities for and really make sure you get all the kinks out before you deliver them to consumers um, and are self-driving cars really even going to work on rural roads i've i've been to a lot of like middle of nowhere places, especially in Illinois, a lot of the roads, you know, are they're gravel roads. Half of them are like one lane roads that are falling apart, don't even have stop signs and intersections. Is a car going to know how to properly go through these intersections? Or is it just going to blow through and potentially cause an accident? These are things that uh, nobody really knows now going to have to wait until these cars are out in the field and test them. Well, that's all for today's episode. I'm Jordan Beavis from the Lotus Eaters podcast, and I hope you guys all have a safe weekend, and I will see you guys next time.